Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 48 of Frame Skip. I'm your host for this week's episode, Austin Eller. I'm joined by George, insert Patriots QB here, Loftus. Woo! Marcus Mariota, maybe! <laughs> that would be interesting. I don't know. I saw rumors today that uh, the Pats might pick up Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, and uh, I, hmm. I, I cried a little because that would be just wonderful. <laughs> I mean, but, but I, I mean, know. would it be if they would kind of need somebody to throw to him? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean details, Elijah. Um, yeah, I, obviously the quarterback situation still needs to be settled, but uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for the Patriots. The Celtics are on a four game win streak going into the All Star break. Jalen and Jason seem to be, uh, you know, still really good at basketball despite not having won anything. Which I kind of like that attitude, but also it's like you guys need to like chill a little bit because you haven't done anything really significant together and uh yeah i'm sorry i'm losing myself in sports talk and this isn't uh this isn't my sports podcast i apologize no that's fair sorry george how are you i'm doing well um i'm tired i got a puppy on sunday adorable oh my god what what prompted that decision uh the partner and i Aaliyah, uh, i think i've talked about her before on the show We've wanted a puppy for so long, and we lived in San Francisco for the past couple of years, and most apartments that we were able to get, uh, apartments are super hard to find in San Francisco because yeah. it's such an expensive city, and so you basically need, like, first month's, last month's security deposit. You need to show pay stubs for the last six months. you got to show bank statements oh for, like, the last Lord. six months. Jeez. Like, they want so much stuff. So, like, moving into a new apartment costs, like, $10,000 easily uh, if it's... Jeez if it's even like a remotely nice place. And so most of those places do not let you have pets. Right. And we were really lucky. We found a place that like didn't want first month, last month. They just wanted a security deposit, which was fine. Uh, but they did not allow dogs. And so we wanted a dog for a very long time. We found a beautiful little red healer, German shepherd mix. We named her goose. And she is <laughs> not super keen on me as a person in her life just yet, but we're getting there. She ate all of her dinner out of my hand tonight. I wanted to melt. She is so cute. And uh, she won't really let me pet her without running away. So I want to die every time, <laughs> every just, time I try to love her. <laughs> just hope she doesn't pass away in a jet accident. Jesus Christ. Man. I mean, me too. Yeah. Now, <laughs> is that a reference to something? <laughs> yes. Anyone? Anyone? Top Gun? Oh, sorry. Oh, I, I would. I completely. Sorry. Okay, yeah. No, like flew uh, way over my head. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, uh-huh. Ali, Ali and I are super big Top Gun fans, uh, but Apparently. my brother has two dogs, <clears throat> pardon me, and uh, his two dogs are named Bear and Monkey. So, like, honestly, we wanted to keep, like, the animal name theme going. Yeah. That, was, that was what prompted Goose. And then also we're like, oh, yeah, also Anthony Edwards from from Top Gun. And my partner really likes ER, and Anthony Edwards was a main star in ER for a while. So everything just kind of melded together. My best friend um became my best friend because he called me by accident he was trying to call his friend goose and he called george because <laughs> i was right next to goose in his phone on his old uh motorola razor back in That's the day great. um and then he called the him, ultimate cell phone yeah and then we just started uh talking more and then we became best friends we're still best friends so like there's a whole bunch of reasons why we named her goose and That's this awesome. is this is probably more puppy talk than anyone really wanted so i apologize it's fine it's fine it's a puppy I, I really want a dog, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same situation. I, I know we could have a dog in this apartment, but I think for me, like, until we have a house, I definitely do not want a dog. 
just until we we have our own house and and yard for the dog to go out in yeah makes sense well, that's the so. big thing, too. We tried to do, like, a therapy dog in San Francisco, which, like, we were legally allowed to do, but the landlord still said no. And we were like, no, I don't think <laughs> I don't think you understand. Like, you can't actually impose, like, yeah. you, can't, you can't stop this. Um, you can't say that. But out of out of respect to them, um, just because it was, like, a pandemic, and we were just like, well, we don't want to, like, piss off our landlords too much during a pandemic. We didn't get a dog. Uh, but, yeah, but just, like, living in the city, we're just like, well, we got to get a small dog because we have a small apartment. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's hard to have a puppy in a city to begin with but like we're in maine now there's a whole bunch of yard space nearest yeah. neighbor is quarter mile away so nice us in a lot of wood so it's it seems like a much more puppy friendly environment which we're very happy about that's awesome nice. I'm, I'm happy, happy for you i'm happy goose isn't super happy but only when i'm around so it's fine um in time we'll get, we'll get there yeah 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 you'll time. get there elijah we're also joined by you the ladies man steel how that are you true. i'm doing all right how about yourself i'm tired but yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm also tired. I didn't sleep too great last night. So oh, I slept I'm... fantastic last night. That's why I'm really <laughs> confused why I'm tired. <laughs> I slept. I'm like, man, I woke up. I got a new like bed topper for my mattress. I'm like, that thing is comfortable. All right. I'm good to go for today. Got to the end of lunch break at work. I'm like, I just kind of want to sleep for the rest of the day. I feel like there's never like there's no sleep well and feel great. There's always just there's something wrong with like. You don't sleep enough and you feel awful. You sleep too much and you feel awful. You sleep just perfectly fine. You feel awful. Like there's just never. Yeah. There's nothing. There, so there's yeah, no rhyme that's how I feel every day. Yeah. No, that's. That, <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head. I think you nailed it. Yeah. So speaking of things that are great, though, this is a podcast about video games, which we all love. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Despite all appearances. Yeah. This is a video game podcast, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as always we'll kick it off with games we've been playing in the last week so elijah what have you been playing uh, since the, last tuesday the big actually for me it's been like three weeks yeah that's uh, true the big things i want to mention first off i got the platinum and bloodborne Woo! which i'm so excited about austin can you add applause noise in post um or are you just going to cut this out because i asked yeah, well, <laughs> I was hoping there. So on Zencaster, there's like these little hotkeys up top, and I was really hoping so, there was going to be an applause button, and there's not. You're so. seeing how the sausage is made, everyone. Just so you know, the hotkeys up top, we put there. So, so like dramatic piano, drums, ballpark, ballpark, oh, might, ballpark might be. What's it. this? What's Wait, this? There we go. Elijah got the we'll take it uh, it's, it's actually kind of funny because i i got you know for like two years i've been trying to get past this one boss mm-hmm. finally did then i get to the next floor of the dungeon and i get stuck on that boss and i've been i was stuck there for like a week and someone said yeah i'll help you out so i'm waiting for him to get on the other day and i'm on like you know what just just for laughs. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try I'm gonna try this boss again. Beat it first try. So I'm like, okay. So I make the next chalice dungeon, which is the last one I need for the platinum. And he joins me for the first floor of it. And we fought the boss, and it took us like four times to beat this boss. Uh the boss would like one hit you every time. So we did that. Then he had to leave. I'm like, all right, I appreciate the help. Uh I'll just try the second boss i'll get to the second boss and i'll just try it you know there's no way i'm gonna and i beat it in one shot 
I'm like, okay. I guess I'll just run through the third third floor and get to the boss that would give me the platinum, which is Yarnum, which is what the entire like world, like the town is named after. Uh and I had read that that's like the easiest fight of the last two chalice dungeons. And I went in, I forgot to heal up. I only had like five blood vials left, forgot to heal up, and I died. But I mean I took her down to like half health by myself with five healing vials. So I just went back in and summoned another NPC to help me and we killed her. And I got the platinum like I forgot you could do that. Okay. Yeah, and that's why that boss I was stuck on for like two years. I was stuck there while summoning two NPC hunters to help me. Wow. So so that dungeon, what made it a pain in the butt for that boss and the uh, other one for floor three is with that being the defiled dungeon, your health is halved. So, like, like all the bosses one hit will take you down like three quarters of your health. And then a bunch of hits are just one hit kills. Does that, that, that has to make it feel more like a puzzle game, right? Where it's like, okay, this is the the stipulation. So there has to be like one route, like one efficient route to do this. In a way. Yes. Actually you mentioning that it's kind of like all dark souls games are puzzles games. Okay. Because when you're fighting a boss, the bi- the bosses have certain movement, certain attacks and such. And the puzzle is like figuring out, okay, this one I can parry. Or it's going to do this attack. I need to move. I, I need to take two steps this direction. Or this boss jumps. It's actually safer if I just stand completely still. Stuff like that. So it's almost like a puzzle game of figuring out what you need to do to complete that. Gotcha. And I never actually thought of that until now. Cool. But <clears throat> the just, other... Just in time for Bloodborne 2 when it comes out eventually. Maybe. Probably. I, hopefully. I hope. Yeah. Um, Another game that has been in the playing work since 2016. I finally beat World of Final Fantasy. Oh, okay. Uh, nice. Nice. Well, I got the ending... And I decided I'm not going for the true ending because apparently it is very RNG based. So basically you need to catch these uh, three certain mirages, which are Ifrit, Shiva, and Ramu. And apparently Ramu, you'll see in the Coliseum, he will just show up for a random battle. And I just did Coliseum battles for like five hours and he never showed up. And I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. And decided I'm not getting the true ending. The way it ended is the way it ended. But I did enjoy the game overall. It's basically Final Fantasy cross Pokemon. Interesting. And it's so fun. It's like by the end, you can either be like normal size or small, which is called Lilacoon in that game. And when you're small, you can ride on bigger mirages. So I normally stayed big, but just in case I wanted to be small, I had one person riding on Odin and the other person riding on Bahamut. <laughs> so I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> Didn't they make some sort of, was there a sequel to that game or like an there, expansion or something that was like on <sighs> PS4? So 
they then came out with World of Final Fantasy Maxima on it was. Switch and Xbox. And on PS4, you could buy the Maxima upgrade. And basically, all it did was it had like some extra missions, some extra summons. Okay. Uh, oh, also, the summons in that game are amazing. The Sephiroth summon. Nice. It, it's wonderful. I assume. Adorable. I assume that like introduced a lot of stuff from Final Fantasy 15, right? Because that game came out before 15, right? Um, or like alongside 15? I think it was before. Yeah, I don't remember. Sorry, did... to... <clears throat> sorry, okay. didn't mean to stump, but I I remember buying that game on Vita just because I was so happy to see a Vita game. I assume you played it on Vita. Yes, my yes, man, uh, my man. Yeah, you mean Vita, the best console ever? Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, good call. <laughs> um, that's great, but it's it's like a good handheld game. Like I assume it's just like a lay in bed. Oh yeah, before falling asleep or sit on a couch and watch something game. Oh, yeah, it is the perfect game for that. You know, like Pokemon, a big thing is just I want to level up my mirages. So I'll just go do random battles uh, or man, I really want to catch this one mirage and I know it's around here. So I guess I'll just keep going till I find it. Sure. It It is a very, very good game for that. And you know, I highly recommend it. The story was it wasn't like great, but I enjoyed mm -hmm. it. It was it was a good time. Uh, it, it's a very adorable game. Mm -hmm. It is a, it's funny because I want to say it's a good introduction into Final Fantasy, but honestly, some of the mechanics in that game are kind of deep. Sure. <laughs> so like, maybe this isn't the way I want to put it. Uh, but no, it, it's a great game. Uh, the last one I want to talk about, I mean, we've been playing the division, but you know, yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah, yeah it, it's just <laughs> wonderful. Uh, me, Austin, Alden, and Brandon just hanging out, playing the division, leveling up, getting everybody for, ready for that raid. Uh, but the other thing is, I jumped back into Monster Hunter World, and contrary to certain conversations, I'm having a blast with it. <laughs> um, I was just upset because... There is a very, very, very steep difficulty increase between one monster and another monster in the expansion. And I was like, what prompted this? At least in Yakuza, you could tell, man, these enemies went from being level 40 to level 55. I know what I need to do. And this, it was just, no. The, yeah, I mean, that's my biggest complaint with Iceborne. And like, it didn't affect me because I knew about it going in. But for people, you know, that didn't read into it or didn't look into Iceborne too much and didn't really realize what was there, which it's not really their fault. They don't explain it in the game or anything. But there's like just a massive difficulty increase and armor gap between the end of base game and the start yeah. of Iceborne. Like you showed me the best armor in the base game is like 200 points weaker than armor from the very first monster in Iceborne. Yeah. So, sorry, <clears throat> I know absolutely nothing about Monster Hunter, which is partially why I feel so bad for making fun of you guys in the group <laughs> chat about it. Um, it just seems like a super nerdy game from the outside. That's the only reason I do it. I love you guys. You're great. I mean, you make you you're make not wrong. You make good choices. Yeah, it's a pretty deep game. But were they expecting you just like men, like hearing this? It's like, were they expecting you to like keep grinding and keep playing the main so, game before Iceborne came out? Or was it like yes. no, no matter yeah. what you did, there was always going to be a gap between? No. Yes. OK, so to give you an idea. I have armor that isn't even that great in the base game. And I was able to beat the first two monsters in Iceborne 
pretty easily. I'm not okay. going to say easily, but it wasn't like that big of a challenge. Um, but really, between the time that World came out and Iceborne came out, they kept adding more monsters in. They were having events basically to get people to keep playing. Okay. So right. the whole idea with Iceborne was these people have been playing this whole time. Let's give them more. Okay. Right. So that's so, why there's such a big. But yeah, that's the problem is that plenty of people and even myself, like I didn't fin. They added in what were called arch tempered monsters, which were yeah. like. They're and I'm not going to go into it, but there are really strong monsters in the game that they basically made even stronger and released them as kind of new monsters that had new moves. And these were in between base game and Iceborne that they released these. Mm. And so like the armor I set Elijah the other day was from the final monster in the base game, but they added in like, I want to say eight or nine monsters after that. Yeah. After that final monster and before Iceborne, like wasn't devil Joe added after that? Yes, I thought so. Um, Devil Joe is added after, but actually like the arch temper Nergigante armor is actually pretty good for Iceborne. Like it gets you. It's not a major gap. Hmm. Um, but the problem is not many people did that because arch tempered monsters were like super, super hard, a complete pain. Yeah, like the generic audience of Monster Hunter would not have done those. Sure. Um, and I didn't. I didn't even do them. And, and, you're, it, so, and you're a big Monster Hunter nerd. Yeah. So, because I took a break basically after I beat base game, and then I picked up Iceborne. But um, and it's just that, like, one of the things they were doing was here's Iceborne and the base game all wrapped in one. So a lot of people would beat the base game and then want to start Iceborne right away. Yeah, and the the thing I will say, if people are just now getting into Iceborne or Monster Hunter World, which personally I wouldn't recommend because Rise is coming out now, and just play Rise. But um, if you Mm want to get into World. Um, and you get to Iceborne, what you want to do is there's a steel armor that you can forge in Iceborne. And basically all it requires you to do is go on expeditions in Iceborne. You don't even have to fight the first monster and just go mine ore. And even that like generic, like garbage, generic little armor set that's from base, like the lowest level armor in Iceborne is still drastically better than like all of the armor in base games. So that's what I did. That's how. Yeah, I like just really, you know, slammed through it pretty quickly. But like I've been hunting bro totuses, which I'm officially calling them now ever <laughs> since my phone. They're really yeah. called like Beototus, but my yeah. phone autocorrected it to bro totus. And I'm like, well, this <laughs> is just what it is now forever in Monster Hunter. Yeah. Great name. It's a great, it's um, a great name. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited for Eyes. I just know I'm still going to be playing a bunch of World 2 because yeah. I want to beat Iceborne and I want trophies. Well, yeah, I mean, World is a great game. And obviously, if you don't have a Switch, like, I mean, still play World. Um, But for me, at least, like, you know, I'm ready to move on personally. But again, I'm somebody that's been playing World since launch day. So also, the last thing I will say is October 25th, 2016 is when World of Final Fantasy came out. November 29th, 2016 is when Final Fantasy 15 came out. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Thank you for looking that up. Thanks for the correction. You're um, welcome. It actually bothered me. I'm like, I don't remember. And I had to look it up. George, I hear you've been playing something interesting this week that you want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, before I get to that, though, uh, just it, it's funny that you guys were having this sort of like grinding nightmare, mm-hmm. like this little Groundhog's Day. I ordered a Pokemon ROM hack from eBay. It came. It's called uh, Ultraviolet. And it's mm-hmm. basically a remake of 
Leaf Green, I believe, like the Game Boy Advance game. Mm-hmm. And it basically has every single Pokemon from the first three generations on it. That's and cool. a whole and a whole bunch of exclusives. And so it's like, you know how in blue, like you could only find Bellsprout and how in red you can only find Oddish, all that stuff. Like all that's gone. Like you can find every Pokemon. You're able to that's do cool. everything wow. without trading. That like yeah, I don't need to trade with a friend to evolve my Haunter into a Gengar or anything like that. And I wanted to play that just because it'd be nice to play like a self-contained sort of revisit of the original gen. I've been right. I, I think we talked about it last week, Seth and I. I've been super into Pokemon lately. Yeah, just just getting back on that train. And it's really nice going back. Nothing seems super different so far. I've only just gotten my second badge like I'm in Cerulean City. But I tried fighting uh, Gary or Blue. I can't remember what I named him. And he just waxed me like it was it was not even close. And so I went back and so I've just been grinding nonstop in that game. And it really made me think about other Pokemon games. So I fired up Hey You Pikachu. And I was just like messing around with that a little bit. Or sorry, not Hey You Pikachu. Uh, Let's Go Pikachu. Let's sorry. Go. Yeah. yeah, Hey You was the the microphone game for N sixty four. My yes. my mistake. Still a great game when the Pikachu understands you. Still a game. Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was playing that, and like, oh man, grinding is so easy in that game. Like, it's just like such a relaxing experience, just because it's like it's not super challenging, but it is like I think interesting because it just rewards you for sort of exploring and just like spending time, as opposed to what I'm currently doing, which is like trying to get my Pikachu up, trying to get my, my man key up, like just doing all this random stuff that like still doesn't feel super efficient. And like, I, I guess I forgot how I did it as a kid, but like looking back on like, Oh no, it's not that you are doing anything different. It's just that you were eight years old and you didn't have anything else to do. So yeah. like that, that's why you were able to do also, it. I just really want you to know that when you said you're on the train, my mind immediately went to, Haunter, Gengar, and Ghastly dressed up like Guns N' Roses singing Night Train. Oh, man. Anyhow, I'd, go on. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd watch the hell out of that music video in, in a heartbeat. Um, I just, Haunter had the slash hat and like the curly hair. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, that's, how, uh, that's how my mind works. I'm gonna die! Yeah, perfect. <laughs> that's, that's my Axel Rose. <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, perfect. Pretty good. So that's been fun playing that. And then I, I went back, I spent some time with the Sword and Shield uh or i guess shield is the one i have and i that like that game's fun and everything i just really don't like the aesthetic like i like the emphasis on battling actually being the thing like running through the gauntlet but i just hate the fact that like you show up and you have to put on like a special uniform to match like the the gym like it it feels like it just lost a lot of personality for the sake of making it like a more cohesive world i guess if that makes sense yeah i still haven't played it i want to especially now with the new games coming out because i like i want to be able to transfer the pokemon i mean that was sure. the coolest thing yeah and especially because i don't want to lose my pokemon from my 3ds games that i still have i think on my son copy yeah um but so I, I need to get through let's go and 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 sword at some point but i i have been very much so wanting to go back to let's go because i didn't really enjoy it when it came out it was a little too easy for me but i think um I mean, it's just a relaxing kind of RPG to dig through. So like you said, I think that might be kind of what I need right now. It's super fun. And then once you beat the Elite Four, it does get a little bit more challenging. Um, Mm -hmm. Like there becomes like almost like a post-game loop you can do where you just go into Cerulean Cave and try to get like these special fragments in there. And then there's like this new person who shows up uh, near like the port in, not Viridian City, uh, wherever Lieutenant Surge is, the third city. And there's there is like this little mini grind loop you can do that's just like super fun and gets you like super rare material and stuff. Um, but besides that, like I just like that it was like so stress free 
And I'm enjoying right. the grinding going back to ultraviolet, but like, man, I, it just made me appreciate uh, the, the steps that let's right. go. Took. Uh, besides to, uh, that, uh, to give you an idea of also how my mind works. Uh, I also came <laughs> up in my head with Pokemon ultraviolet and the cover is just Pikachu holding a still beating heart. <laughs> I mean, God, God willing, that's how I'm trying to raise my Pikachu right now. Just yeah. grind, grinding out in like the little weeds off to the west of, of Cerulean City. So hopefully some someday we'll be there and we'll just hold Blue's beating yeah. heart uh, in, her, in her hand. My <laughs> my sweet little Pikachu I found in Feridian Forest. I approve. I finally got the platinum in Immortals, uh, Phoenix nice. Rising. Very and nice. that game is really great. I think it's weird because you have to make a save right before the final boss fight. And then there's no like post game, like the game ends. And so you have to load up a previous save. I'm not a fan of stuff. That like is that. really weird. Ugh. Well, just because every other game they've done, they've figured out a way to to make it make sense why you're still in the location you're in, despite having accomplished your goal, you know? Yeah. Well, worst case, just be like, oh, it's over now and break it, like break the break the plot just sure. so that people can keep playing. I mean, I'm fine with or, that. Or like uh, what Horizon Zero Dawn did, like uh, beats the you beat the game and then it goes all right, we brought you back to right before the point of no return. Have fun. Right, right. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so it, it sort of does that, but like thematically, it doesn't really make sense because like you're just like running around with like all these revelations you got from the ending. And they basically, to get the platinum, you have to essentially do everything in the game. And I got super frustrated because I thought I found everything. There's thousands of things on the map and I couldn't find the last stuff I need. Like you need too much material to like upgrade your weapons. Like I basically did if I didn't do 100 percent, then I must have done at least 95 percent. I was still nowhere near getting everything I needed to fully upgrade to get the final trophies. So I just said, screw it. And then I opened up New Game Plus and then New Game Plus doesn't really make sense. It just like skips the entire tutorial and um, I, it just like contextually feels a little different. Like it feels like very much deja vu without like walking you through the same game again. Hmm. It's strange, but uh, I, okay. I liked it. I got the platinum. It does make you do everything, which uh, by the end I was a little sick of. And that's why I wanted something super simple and not intense. And that is why I finally I'm trying to play things I wouldn't normally play. I fired up DBZ Kakarot. And man, that game is interesting. I don't, <laughs> I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I only got to play for like an hour and a half because the puppy woke up and was being needy. So then I was uh, attending her while she, uh, you know, still threw me. The cold shoulder dogs have four shoulders technically right i think so yeah so yeah, she threw she threw four very little precious cold shoulders at me <laughs> so like i said i didn't get to play super long but the game starts off and it's like goku reliving a memory where he's like fighting piccolo and the combat's awesome like it's just like you two fighting in like a 3d space like it feels like like an older like gamecube era style dragon ball game and there's like there are a whole bunch of gundam games made in the same style like everything was kind of off like the gacha force engine uh, from that era, which is just super fun 3D space fighting. And then it immediately turns into like a fetch quest where like you have to get dinner for Chi Chi. Oh, God. Classic. And you, yeah. And you have to walk Goku around, but Goku walks super slowly and Goku does. Or sorry, you have to walk Gohan around and Gohan walks super slowly. Goku does not. So you're constantly like accidentally going too fast and having to run back to catch up <laughs> to him so he can walk at a snail's pace. And then like it's just the like it does a quick introduction to the action, which is awesome. And then it just immediately makes you stop playing the game. And then it introduces all these concepts about like bulletin boards, basically, where it's like you build up relationships with all these characters. And then the stronger those relationships are, the stronger all the characters are. Like it didn't feel unlike the leveling system in 
Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 or like mm. uh, Final Fantasy 10, like the sphere grid almost. Okay. But it was still like a little frustrating because I guess I thought I was getting more of like a just like action beat em up than I ended right. up get, getting. The game is gorgeous, though. Like it looks just like the, the show and I'm playing it on PlayStation 5. It loads super fast. All the textures are really nice and I am enjoying it. I, I need to give it a like more of a fair shot, I think. But it was just so weird to introduce a fight with Piccolo and then immediately just slam on the brakes and then make you do like, oh, yeah, no, I love the episodes of Dragon Ball Z where Goku doesn't fight Frieza. I love it when he like goes and gets his driver's license because, I mean, he, he can fly and he has a flying cloud. So, of course, he I needs, love the filler episode. Of, yeah. of, course, of course, he needs his driver's license. That makes perfect sense. I do love how they even have like the filler episodes as quests in that game. Like the really Goku getting know. yeah, like Goku getting his driver's license is a quest in the game. Oh, oh I thought George was joking. No, 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 no. That that is a quest in the game. Oh, I didn't know that was a quest in the game. I just remember that episode. Oh yeah, uh, no, straight <laughs> up. Uh, letting you know now that is a quest in the game. Well, that like that like happened between like you know the son of your dead best friend coming from the future to tell you you're gonna die of a heart condition while fighting these two robots. And then, like, before, like, a new threat shows up to consume the robots and bring about the end of the world, he's just like, yeah, whatever, we got time. Like, let me just hit the DMV. We'll, we'll figure this out. <laughs> like, I just remember that episode being like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, what about these robots I've heard so much about? Like, when are you going to get to the good stuff, my dudes? It's fine. In hindsight, it is fine. But uh, 12-year-old George was not having it. And it sounds like 30-year-old George is still like, oh, like I kind of missed the punching part of the game. Also, I do remember... Okay. This is completely off topic, but apparently the uh, platinum trophy for a Monster Hunter Frontier G for the PS3 and Vita is super easy. But the game is no longer online. Nope. And it never was over here. Yeah. Li- literally unplayable over here. Yeah. Which is why I never imported it. Unless you use a VPN. There was a way to, to back, way, back your way into it, but it was apparently still kind of frustrating. Anyway. Yeah, I remember Seth talking about that that uh, Dragon Ball game when it came out, and uh, or it might have been after, and he was just playing through it. But yeah, he said it was pretty good. He said he 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 really enjoyed it. I think he played all the way through it. So, but I think the last Dragon Ball game I played was Xenoverse. That's the only one I have. So. Uh, the last one I played was I played a little bit of Dragon Ball Fighters. I don't really like that game. There was one on the Vita. Dragon Ball was it? Dragon, it was Vita exclusive. Yeah. Uh, you had so much Dragon confidence. You, Battle you had, of Z? Yeah, that's what it was. Battle I of Z, remember, yeah. I couldn't remember if it was Dragon Ball Z Battle of Z or Dragon Ball Batter, Battle of Z. That was yeah. the one. Yeah. That game exists. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I played more than about 10 minutes of that game. But I have played I quite a bit of that game. And <laughs> I think it's because the trophy isn't bad. It's like yeah. it's time consuming, but it's not bad. If I'm no, that, that's why I played like this weird Gundam game on Vita. Cause I'm like, oh, the trophy. Oh, it's like 20% clear rate on the, on the platinum. I'm like, all right, like, I guess I'll check this thing out. I don't like playing it, but uh, I, I like, I like the visuals. I like trophies. I like, I, I, I'm, I'm like going to, I'm going to stop you right there. There's a very good chance. I own that game <laughs> because I own, I own many Japanese Gundam games. Yeah, me too. I am for Vita. I imported so many of them for PS3. Look, there's a, uh, store on eBay that isn't there anymore that I got like all of my import games from and it was wonderful because like I would get like 10 of them and I'd pay like 5 to 10 bucks for a game and then just like 30 bucks shipping yeah that seems worth like, it like I got two uh, Sailor Moon Super Famicom games I got a whole bunch of Gundam games 
I got a few Zoids games. Nice. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, real quick. Um, I just got some games that I'm super excited about, too. I went, I went to Target the other day, and guess what they had? What? For some reason, in a bin for $59.99, they had Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp oh. FE. FE Sharp. What? Whatever How's, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> FE. <laughs> Hashtag said, Fire Emblem. Yeah. And so it said $59.99, and then I brought it up to the counter. I was like, there's no way this is right, right? He's just like, oh, no, absolutely not. He checked it. He's like, oh, this is $59.99. He's like, I'll tell you what. I'll charge you $10 to take this out of my store. So Are I you serious? Yeah, so I got it for Wii U, completely brand new sealed for 10 bucks. Oh, it was the Wii U it was the It was the Wii U version. That's yeah. amazing! Oh uh, so I might keep that sealed because uh, it, it was 10 bucks, And uh, I don't know, but I, I grabbed that. I grabbed there was a new Zoids game for Switch that was on sale. I grabbed that, so I'm excited to check that out. And uh, I recently off face. Yeah, that's the one. Elijah holding it up. I can't remember the title. What is it? Zoids Wild Blast. Zoids Wild Blast. Anything with a liger on, on the cover. Anything with a liger on the cover. I'm in. Yep. Curious what your next one is. See if I have that in my hand, too. <laughs> probably probably not. Uh, off Facebook Marketplace, I bought Pokemon Black and Pokemon Black 2 for more than I'd care oh. to admit. But after this, I'm just missing White 2 and Heart Gold for the complete Pokemon game run. Oh, so. man, I right. envy you. I wish I had not sold my my copies because I was a stupid kid and now they're expensive. Oh my let's, god! Yeah, yeah let's. Harkle and Soul Silver are yeah wow. the biggest pain in my rear end. Yeah, I think uh, I actually I can't remember if I have Heart Gold or not. That's why I'm. I think we're getting like our pod full of stuff from San Francisco shipped out soon. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to dig through that because I honestly can't remember if I bought it or not because I think I saw it at a GameStop for fifty bucks and I was like, well, that's worth it and grabbed yeah. it. And honestly, yeah. I've been doing so much research into like, okay, here are the official DS like packages, so I can buy that. Oh, the coverproject.net has every game cover ever. So you can just like, you know, get go to a nice printer, take care yep. of it, and like, you know, make a little mark on it that says like reproduction case or whatever, just for like your own whatever. I don't ever plan on selling these games. Uh, but just to have everything just right next to each other is just a, a dream of mine. So I'm really so, excited. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that, uh, and I don't know if it was Cover Project or there's something else, but I got this act- idea for my loose uh, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance games, which is using cassette cases. Oh, and yeah. There's actually a website you can go to to print off covers for these games that fit the cassette cases. Yeah, man, wow. I, saw, I saw that on Etsy. Like, they look really cool, and I, I like that they're just, like, different. Uh, for Game Boy Advance, I was probably just going to use DS cases. Oh, that's but, pretty but let's cool. See. Oh, that's rad, yeah. Sorry, uh, Elijah's showing it to us on the on Zoom. So, like, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's a great idea. So, I literally, at a yard sale, they had cassettes for, like, 10 cents a piece, and I just grabbed the whole thing. Because I'm like, I don't care about the cassettes, <laughs> I just want all the cases. Sure. So, for like, <laughs> for, like, three bucks, I got, like, 30 cases for my, like... Uh, nice game boy games awesome yeah and i think last week i talked a little bit about like modding a, a game boy advance uh this week i'm trying to fix my game boy color i got like the new uh capacitors for that i got a new speaker for that so i'm excited to try yeah. to res- resurrect my my right. childhood game boy color which i'm so excited about i like opened it up cleaned it everything so yeah that's that's what's going on in my world of, of gaming that's, that's awesome as for me i've been playing one game aside from the division two and it's Control on PS5. Yeah, buddy. 
And I started it up because I was originally going to keep playing Jedi Fallen Order. And I was like, you know what? No. And I stopped. <laughs> so <laughs> That's fair. man. I, t- I took a break from that game probably like 10 hours in. I'm like, OK, like I see what you're doing. I think I like it. But also I need a break right now. Um, well, and, you know, I think I partially realized what my problem was is I played that immediately after Tsushima and both are like sword combat style games. And sure, I yeah. Like, just need something different. So, Control, so far, is very much so filling the itch for, a, just you know, me wanting to enjoy a video game. Right. Um, I know I'm, I have said it multiple times, but I am so happy you're playing this game. Because it was my 2019 game of the year, somehow beating Resident Evil 2. And no one I know played it. And I'm like, I can't talk about this game with anyone. And it is amazing. <laughs> I, well... I'm glad it was just free on PlayStation Plus for those that that didn't own it. Um, I I had it already and I was just waiting for my PS5. But um, obviously, the ultimate edition is the one you want if you're playing on next gen. And that situation's a little, you know, people have differing opinions on it. But just so you know, if you're planning to play Control and you have a Series X or a PS5, buy the ultimate edition specifically. Yes. um, Because that gets you the next gen upgrades. But no, so far... I mean, I'm probably, I don't know, at least maybe six, seven hours in and I just, I can't put it down. Like it's, it's, I'm still early on, but it's gotta be like one of the best games I've ever played. It's how, it's absolutely incredible. How mad are you that you're recording this instead of playing it right now? Very. <laughs> <laughs> no. What, what you said about playing this week, you're like, if you want, I'll be playing the division. If I don't answer, I'm probably playing control. I'm, I'm saying there, I'm like. I can't even be mad at you. <laughs> like yeah. I get it. I, I was going to play Division with Elijah, and I just got so sucked into Control. I was sitting there playing it for like four hours straight, and um, it's just it's flawless. Like I I have no complaints about this game so far, and this is probably the first time I felt any you know this high on a game in a very long time. Like it, it is just aside from maybe Resident Evil Two when that came out, <laughs> same um, year. Yeah, 2019 was a great year for game. The storytelling is incredible. I mean, I love Remedy. They made Alan Wake and and Quantum Break. And Alan Wake is one of my favorite games of all time as well. Um, I haven't played Quantum Break yet, but after this, I definitely want to. I like Quantum Break. It was weird. And it kind of proved to me that it's like, oh, man, like some things are like really only okay in a video game. Because that was the game where you had like time traveling powers or you were like affected by some time traveling experiment. And it was a super cool game, but then there would be like a half hour, 20 minute shows at the end of like each act that would sort of like play out according to the decisions that you made in the game. And like all the tech looked so stupid, like in in the real life, like filmic version. And like it was a great cast. It was a great story, but like just the execution on like the live action stuff was just so weird because it had nowhere near as much personality as the game did. So true. uh, and it was like a super interesting experiment. I'm glad they played. I'm glad they tried it. But it was, it was just proof. And it's like, OK, like I understand that like everyone, everyone who doesn't play games, I get like the attitude about like games being dumb things like toys for kids. Like I, I right. understand that, like without them seeing it as like an art form that like you get to interact with. I get that. But it's also like that game proved to me. It's just like, no, man, like some stories really only work in video games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And control, I would say, is is one hundred percent that way. I mean, 
I know this game's not going to be for everybody because of some of the reading you have to do into it, but it's the kind of game where like there's tons of like documents and stuff that you pick up and like recordings and files that you find and you want to read everything like you really, really should and and need to read everything that you come across. And I love that. Like I am all about that kind of storytelling where, you know, at where I'm at in the game right now, I truthfully have no idea what's going on still. Like I, I, I don't fully understand what's happening. And I really love that style of storytelling. I was saying in the Slack the other day, it honestly might be some of my favorite storytelling style. Like even like the first few episodes of WandaVision, like evoked that same feeling of like, okay, I, it's going to keep me guessing. I don't fully grasp what's happening. Um, and that's where like Metal Gear pulled me in too. I mean, Metal Gear had a lot of those same kind of storytelling elements. Um, but it's just, it's it's so good. And on PS5, it I mean, it's got to be, one of the best looking games I've ever seen. Um, and so fluid, the controls are just spot on. And it's, it's incredible because there's so much like, you can break basically everything in the game. Like you have this ability where you can like pick up stuff with like, you can levitate it and like throw it at things and you can pick up like literally anything that you see. Yep. And like, it's just amazing that they built a game like that where, you know, you can pick up, I don't know, that chair over there and that chair and that chair and every single, you know, a piece of a desk. Like, <laughs> it's just you can pick up anything and, it, and it's the world that they've built and the engine behind it. It's, it's just incredible. So play control, please. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a 4K TV? I do. You do. Okay. Yep. <sighs> yep. Right. And it looks really good. So I, I've been playing in the 60 frames mode. There's another mode that is 30 frames with ray tracing, which does look really good, but I like the fluidity of, of the 60 frames. So I like I started this game on PS5, but even I'm like, I think I'm going to wait because I'm not playing on a nice TV and I freaking love this game. I want to play it on a super nice TV. I think I'm going to wait. <laughs> No, I think, just, that, I think that's good. Yeah, like I said, just if you haven't played Control, please play it. I mean, it, it's like criminally underrated. Um, I'm so glad that I finally jumped into it. And, and, and I was telling Austin, there is a moment in the game that is literally probably my favorite moment I have ever had in gaming. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so excited. excited I'm so excited for you to get there. <laughs> but speaking of amazing moments in video games... I have something we should talk about that was presented to us by Mr. George Loftus over here. Hey, that's me. Ooh. It's the PlayStation Vita. I approve. <laughs> so I, love this, I love this so much. God, what a, what a wonderful surprise. This is perfect. But we're killing it. It's dead. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're going to talk about our, our memories of the the ps vita it's a it's a system that obviously isn't talked about too much in 2021 but george brought this to the table and i i think we all thought this was interesting so yeah yeah let's do this i'm a copywriter i write like really short pithy tweets for companies that's my job i've been putting together writing samples so i could do like longer features for places and uh, one I started writing recently was all about the PlayStation Vita and how it's not dead. 
it was murdered. <laughs> I just, I just, I just want to ask a question. Yeah. If it was murdered, technically it would be dead. Because if you're murdered and you're not dead, <laughs> there's something really strange going on. Well, yeah, but also keep in mind, I think we're all willing to admit that the Vita has unfinished business. That is true. That is right. so true. So the Vita is the Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like am 20, loving this timeline we're putting 20, together. 20, 2017 Undertaker before he actually retired. Um, yes. All right. So in, in writing this, uh, I, I, I laid out an argument about how the Vita just had like the deck stacked against it. And so let's talk about everything the Vita had wrong. And then I'll tell you what I think was actually the biggest problem with the Vita. The Vita is my favorite console of all time. Sure. And I'm not afraid to recognize that it has so many problems. One of the biggest ones I will mention was is it is stuck in between the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4. It came out in 2012. The PlayStation 4 came out in 2013. It had so much function with the PlayStation 3. And then the PlayStation 4 didn't acknowledge it whatsoever. So that right there helps. So like if you had a, pay, a PlayStation 3, it kind of like I'll get the Vita as it, like you can put the PS1 games on it. You can like do different like movements of like, you know, you can switch pictures and videos. Of, you can do so much stuff between the two. Once the PS4 came out, all of that functionality basically died. Yeah. You could like you could store Vita games on your PlayStation 3. And I did yeah. that quite a bit because memory was super expensive, which was another problem for the Vita. Yeah. The PSP was wildly successful. It sold over 70 million units, but so many people bought it because it was easy to hack and mod and play pirated software on it. And so it wasn't just PSP games. As I learned last week, I genuinely thought it was mostly people turning it into Nintendo emulators because that was everyone that I knew of the PSP. That was what they did with it. Uh, but as Seth shared last week, uh, he, he knew some people. He might have been one of those people who was actually pirating PSP software and was just playing playing that stuff on the PSP. Mm -hmm. And so to correct that, they introduced proprietary memory, which was super stupidly expensive. Ugh. Oh. And I was one of the suckers that imported a $120 64-gigabyte memory card. You say you're one of the suckers. I still want to do it because of space. Be well, didn't you say they're now, like, really expensive or something? Uh, on a good day, you can find it for around 100 bucks, but most of the time, they go for, like, 150 to 200 Yeah. Which is about how much a Vita costs now. Uh, for, for those of you at home who are wondering what we're talking about, I bought a second gen Vita last September, last October for around $140 off eBay. And I love it. It is so much better than like the OLED model. I, personally, I, I think it is just because it's lighter. It's a little bit bigger. Uh, it's a little. Yeah, that's exactly. I have my, o, my OLED model. My OLED model is broken, uh, but I still have it like on display there. But mm -hmm. I'm using a second gen right now that I imported. Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's super awesome. So. That was a problem. Another problem, Austin, you're a big Nintendo buff. Do you want to talk to us about the 3DS and, and what happened there? Oh, well, I, I mean, for me, I mean, I love the Vita. I played a ton of it. But I, for sure, I think when it comes to, like, the consumer, um, the 3DS launched at 250 Five months later, they price dropped it to, what was it, 150 I think 170 169.99. Yeah, 170 and then the Vita launched at 300 for the the uh, normal version. The model, yeah, yeah, 350 for the 
for the um, 3G. And I think that alone was like enough. I mean, you you compare $300 to 170 and it's like, that's a pretty major gap. Um, I mean, I will say I think 3DS in the end got better third-party support, but I think it was a product of just the 3DS selling better. You know, I think... Mm -hmm. Had the Vita sold better, I think it would have it would have gotten that that third party support. But I think realistically, like the reason that battle went the way it did um, was, you know, very very much so because of the massive price difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, I mean, DSP sold well, but you got to look at the DS too, and the DS like completely demolished PSP sales. So I think it could have been kind of a continuation of that a little bit too for sure and the 3ds came out i want to say in like march at least in the united states i I believe it was i was living abroad when it came out so i'm not exactly sure when it did launch but when it came out it had pilot wings resort and legend of zelda ocarina of time hd or whatever they wanted to call it don't forget steel diver and steel diver and fighter four which Rainbow, everyone loves to play on their 3DS. And Rainbow Six Shadow Wars, which is actually kind of a fun game. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it is a tactical game, not unlike XCOM. But it, it, it didn't have a lot to play. Right. And then by that fall, that winter, that was when Mario Kart 7 came out. That was when Super Mario 3D Land came out. And then there yeah. was a new Monster Hunter game, which used to be a staple of the PSP. That finally yeah. came to 3DS. And so that really swung... I guess, support in Japan, at least towards the 3DS yeah. as opposed to the, the Vita. It, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the bigger games that were announced for Vita that never actually came out. Uh, I'm going to run through this list. Some of these I didn't know about until doing uh, research. So stop me if... Uh, Do me a wanna... favor and get the dirty one out of the way first. The dirtiest one. The dirtiest one? Yeah. I don't I don't think I have it's the Shin Megami Tensei game. No. Bioshock. Oh, Bioshock. Okay. Oh, the one that did you dirty. Sorry. I thought you meant yeah. like the like the the sexy dirty. No, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Bioshock, Ken Levine stood up on stage at E3 during Sunny's presentation, held up a Vita, said how much he loved it. I believe this was 2011. And I he believe. promised that a Bioshock game would be coming to Vita. And then Bioshock Infinite kept getting delayed. And people were like, so what, what about this Vita game? He's just like, we haven't even started that. And then finally, the game was canceled. It was later revealed that the game was supposed to be a Final Fantasy Tactics-like game uh, set during the fall of Rapture. So something that they've only really hinted at through audio logs and uh, detritus left behind in Rapture. Not true. Not true? There is a book called Bioshock Rapture. Oh, my God. That no is cares. the event of the fall of Rapture. No one, no one cares, Elijah. <laughs> if it, I can't play a book, man. No, but you can listen to the audiobook, which is what I did. Damn it, yeah. You can on press, your you PlayStation can, Vita. You can press play. Damn it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, on the Vita, literally. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. Uh, it, it's actually, like, genuinely a good book. I will put okay. that out there. All right, that's, that's good to know. I'm going to write that down. Um, that was me writing it down. <laughs> uh, so that was, that was probably, that was like, the, the most high... Pro- I'm very good at typing. Uh. That was probably the highest profile game. But some other games that were announced that did not come out. Did you guys know that Nier, the original Nier for PlayStation 3, was supposed to come to PlayStation Vita? That it was promised to come to PlayStation Vita? I did not know that. I had no idea. 
All right, so that is wow. one. And like, I did some research. So I'm like, oh yeah, I've played like a little bit of Nier Automata. Like, I, I think I know what uh, what's going on there. And then I researched like the original Nier. I'm like, wait, this is a fantasy game that's like a, a remake of like Drakengard, but like with the fifth ending. Like, oh my god, this game's insane. Yeah, yeah, it's it it is a yeah a spinoff of one of the endings of one of the Drakengard. Yeah, Drakengard like doesn't exist anymore, does it? Like, no. it pretty much does through Nier, but that's it. Um, the last one they made was Drakengard three on the PS3. And that and, was like well, ten it, years ago. It was a yeah, it was a later life cycle game because it had the blue PS3 yeah. line at the top. Fair mm-hmm. enough. All right. Uh, there was an untitled Shin Megami Tensei game that was announced for Vita that was ultimately canceled. Interesting. The, uh, the Banner Saga, which was like a big iOS game and oh, Steam yeah. game, which was like a strategy it never released. It was it was announced and it never came out. Huh. There there was a game called Guns Up, which was a 2D side-scrolling strategy game that was made by San Diego Studio. Yeah. A Sony-owned studio that was promised. That never came out. And I'm getting into the more shocking ones right now. Uh, Zone of the Enders HD collection was supposed to come to Vita. Yeah. Uh, which isn't shocking because like the Metal Gear Solid HD collection came to Vita. So you were able to play Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3. Zone of the Enders was supposed to come. The game I was most looking forward to was Warrior's Lair, which was like an overhead isometric dungeon crawling game, like not on like a Diablo. Yeah, it looked like Diablo. I remember that. And then most shockingly, this is something I just found out. 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim was supposed to be. It was originally a Vita exclusive game. That is a 2D hmm. story driven narrative game made by Vanillaware, the people who did Dragon's Crown, which released on Vita. Which released yeah. on Vita alongside the the PS3 version, uh, but this game didn't come out until 2019 in Japan, yeah. 2020 stateside. But like this game was supposed to be like it was announced for Vita back in like 2015, didn't release until four years later. Never came to the system. I don't think any of these games are personally responsible for the Vita failing. And my main point is that it was Sony's inability to leverage meaningful relationships with mobile phone developers that ultimately led to the fall of the Vita. And so I want to put you guys in a little little bubble, a little time bubble, and we're going to go for a little stroll in the Wayback Machine. All right. I want to go back to 2011 with you guys. How well do you remember 2011? Austin, you were like four years old, I believe. Uncharted 3 came out. Yeah. I think that was 2011. You Skyrim did. obviously did because everyone remembers that. 11, release 11, day. 11. Your parents yeah. let you play that in uh, grade school? Yeah. Back when I was back in elementary. In 3K. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Back in 2011, I was rocking the hottest phone on the market. I had an iPhone 4. It was a little four and a half inch display. It had a band going all the way around. That was the antenna. I loved it. (laughs) It The future. And I was able to put it in my pocket. And on that iPhone 4, guess what I could buy you guys? What? I could buy Street Fighter 2 for (laughs) $7.99. I could buy Deus Ex The Fall, which is a third-person cover game, third-person cover-based shooter made by Square Enix for $5.99. I could buy Borderlands Legends, which is a game I don't think either of you really remember, but it was was an isometric third-person strategy shooter where you were set in the world of Pandora and you were given like an overhead perspective and able to control your vault hunters through Pandora Mm -hmm. and get loot. Eventually, I would be able to buy Knights of the Old Republic on my phone for $10. 
I'd also later be able to purchase Bioshock, the original Xbox 360 Bioshock ported to my iPad for $14.99. I think it was the fact that none of these games came to Vita is that is what really killed it. When they first announced it, it had a touchscreen, not unlike my smartphone. And I was so excited because I'm like, oh, my God, all these games that I can play on my phone, I'll finally get be able to play them with the one thing that they're missing, which is buttons. Have you ever tried playing a fighting game on your phone with touchscreen controls? Yes, it, uh, it's terrible. It's, I played it's, Injustice on my phone with touch controls, and it sucked. It does suck. Um, so the thing that I think proves this point the strongest is a launch game for Vita. Do you guys remember a game series called Dungeon Hunter? What is it? Dungeon Hunter Alliance? That is the PlayStation yeah. Vita version. Yeah, the yeah. Vita. I remember that game specifically. I don't know if I knew it was a series, though. It is a long running series. It's made by GameSoft, who had like a pretty strong working relationship with Ubisoft. And they made a whole bunch of games for smartphones that were basically just knockoffs of other games, but simplified to run on a smartphone. So they had the, uh, sorry, excuse me, they had the Asphalt series which was basically Need for Speed. They had Modern Combat, which was a knockoff of uh, like Modern Warfare. They had Nova, which was basically Halo. They had, I think, Gangstar, which was a knockoff of GTA. They had a whole bunch of others, like Etrian Odyssey was basically Ocarina of Time. They had one that was just like Final Fantasy X, which I can't remember, even though I played so much of it. They also had Dungeon Hunter. Elijah, do you remember how much Dungeon Hunter cost on PlayStation Vita the day it launched? Wasn't it like thirty nine ninety nine? It was thirty nine ninety nine. <laughs> Austin, can you do you care to take a guess as to how much Dungeon Hunter cost on my iPhone? Five dollars. Too high. It was two ninety nine. <laughs> they would repeat the Yikes. same. They would repeat the same mistake a little bit later because guess what? Also came to PlayStation Vita. Asphalt injection. Angry Birds Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Angry, Angry Birds Star Wars came out on Vita for, I remember that. for $49.99. Guess how much it cost on my phone? Free. $2.99. 99 cents. Oh. Close. Super close. But I think that problem is specifically what killed Vita. I think it gave gamers everything they wanted to play the games that they could get super cheap, but then refused to let them buy the games they actually wanted to play on it. So. I don't think the PlayStation Vita died. I think it was murdered. It was not natural causes. Sony just took it, threw the baby out with, with the bathwater. And that's why the store hasn't updated in at least six months last time I checked. There are no sales. There are no games coming to it. The Switch would eventually come out. It would have more horsepower than the Vita. have probably a tenfold size audience as Vita ever did uh, when everything is said and done. And it is officially supplanted the PlayStation Vita as the place where gamers want to play weird little games on the go. So unless they're me, unless they're you. I have to say this is slightly off topic, but I'm just looking through the launch titles for the Vita. I forgot how good the Vita's launch was. Yeah, it was great. It was incredible. Hot Shots Golf, uh -huh. Little Deviant, Mod great. Nation Racers, great game, Super Stardust Delta, Incredible. Uncharted Golden Abyss. Wipeout. Amazing. Wipeout 2048. Amazing. Best, best Wipeout game. Yes. Uh, what else we got here? Rayman Origins. Great game. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Amazing Great game. game. Great game. Tales from Space, Mutant Blobs Attack. Great game if you haven't Great played game. it. Great game. Yeah. Fun game. 
I mean, they just knocked it out of the park with those launch titles. It's just disappointing what happened with the Vita for me. I mean, I my my experience with the Vita was I I had one, I bought it. I think I don't know if I got it launch day. I think I got it within the first month though. Um, and then about two years later, I ended up selling mine because I just was not playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then stuff happened, uh, personal stuff happened, and. Seth and Elijah actually sent me a new Vita and some games for it. And um, so I still have that Vita and that's the the one I still have. But I got way into the Vita again after I got my second Vita. And it's just disappointing that the system kind of dropped off because, I mean, it was technology-wise, I mean, it was so much better than the 3DS. Mm-hmm. And it had so many good games. It was just... It never picked up traction. I mean, nope. consumers never really grabbed it, and it's just disappointing. And you know, you mentioned great games, games like the Killzone Mercenary, which came yeah. which was the Vita one, is my favorite Killzone game. Yeah, it is straight up it that game. You know, people always thought, oh, it's going to be like having PS3 games on the go. That game literally looked better than Killzone Three. Yeah, that game was yeah. super gorgeous. Uh, Uncharted Golden Abyss, my second favorite Uncharted game. Mine too. Yeah. Also, that Uncharted card game that was on Vita, super underrated. Forgot about that. Fun game. I have the platinum. Obviously, a lot of this stuff has been ported now, but like Gravity Rush, Persona Four Golden. um, Also, see the original Tearaway on Vita. Yeah, Tearaway was was super underrated. Um, Yeah. I I love that system. I think it's it sort of carries like a weird tradition, like. I think it was almost Dreamcast esque, not just because yeah. of like its failure, but I guess because of the attitude around it, where yeah, it was right. a little bit louder than it probably had any right to be, and it had like a very specific personality about it yeah. that just wasn't present in PlayStation Three. PlayStation Three was trying to be a sophisticated gaming device. The PlayStation Vita was trying to be a kick ass gaming device, and I yeah. think it more or less succeeded. And then Sony gave up on it a little too soon when the switch started like really taking off i i thought there was hope that they would re-enter the handheld market with all the lessons learned the more time goes on the less optimistic i am about that yeah uh it's it's hard to say but i don't know like as they're scaling games for playstation 4 and playstation 5 maybe we'll eventually get to the point where there will be a handheld from sony capable to run at least like playstation 4-esque quality games which like i'm okay with like i understand the i understand the compromise i'm making by having a handheld game i do that every day with switch like I get honestly it. give me like a home built or modded thing whatever that l- it looks like and like is the size of a switch but lets me play my ps3 and sure put on ps4 games if possible let me like download my ps3 and ps4 games on and i can just play them wherever i'm okay that's, with that. that's super interesting man because like nintendo did that where they let you upgrade your wii games to wii u like virtual console games you know yeah. for like a, the added like nominal fee of like a dollar or two dollars depending on which system they were originally for and if sony's not interested in making playstation 3 games available on a home device outside of uh was it playstation now yeah outside yeah. of that that's fine but like there's no reason i guess at this point why a game from 2008 can't run efficiently enough on a handheld yeah. And so if I own that game digitally, great. I'll pay whatever kind of fee I, I need to get it available to be handheld. Uh, if there was a way for me to like back up and like 
sort of lock my game. So it's just locked to my membership. And, you know, like the way they're doing like with music right now, where it's like you're buying like an authentic original digital copy kind of deal. Uh, if there was a way to do that with your old disc, uh, I, I'm so in. I would love my PlayStation 3 to be like a handheld device all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. in a heartbeat, I would do that. Let me, you know, I have a ton of PS3 games. Let me just take them with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's time. Uh, thank you for indulging me and letting me talk about the Vita. I think it's just, it feels like it's finally time to say goodbye. Uh, thank I, you. I will never say goodbye. Thank you for the memories. <laughs> um, well, I guess just to like any kind of turnaround, any kind of yeah. news from Sony. Yeah, no, that's not ever going to happen. So like, any any acknowledgement from Sony, really? Just you, you them, them admitting that they made this device at all would be great. Yeah. Like you guys know, I'm a, I'm a collector. I collect physical games and that. Some people collect, like, try to collect every color Game Boy that came out. I legitimately would love to collect every color Vita. And the biggest goal for me for my collection is I would like to get every physical Vita game. Damn. How many, uh, how many are you at? I could tell you in just a moment. Um, (laughs) I think I got like 25 physical games for Vita. 30 maybe. Yeah, I don't have many anymore. I think I might have 10. But after I got my 64 gigabyte memory card, I was like slamming through those digital games. So yeah, right. 132. Nice. 100, wow. Yeah, that's a great collection. Um, now, it says here there are a total of 1,131 available. But that also keeps in mind it counts separately. Hyperdimension Neptunia, Hyperdimension Neptunia Collector's Edition, Hyperdimension Neptunia 2, yeah. Neptunia 2 Collector's Edition. Sure. Uh, so like there are four Hyperdimension Neptunia games. Uh, it's counting it as eight separate games because yeah. of the collector's edition for each one, stuff like that. So there's not actually 1,131, but my goal is I'd also like to, uh, like there are games that only came out physically in Europe and games that only came out physically in Japan. I'd like to get those as well. So like all of the Europe exclusive physical games, all the Japanese exclusive ones. Um, right. For example, uh, Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth. We only got it uh, digitally on Vita yep. in the States. It's available physically in Japan. And okay. actually, the game I'm playing right now, I didn't talk about it because I just started it, Battle Girls Fantasia. Uh, I have the Asia, the Asian version of the game, not the Japanese one, but the Asian one. It's full English. Like, it's Japanese. Uh, th- like VO, but. Yeah, but it, it's full yeah. English subtitles. They do so, that for they do that for like Hong Kong, right? Like as yeah. like a Hong, okay, yeah. So like I specifically bought that version of the game because I don't even think that game is available for digitally over here. But I have it, and I can fully understand. I'm playing through it. I I understand the story and everything. That's great. And that's I'd love to do that with like all of these games that never came out over here. That that is the primary part of my collection. I would love to get every single physical Vita game. I also want to yeah. get every single physical 3DO game, but that's for another day. Sure. <laughs> I will say this conversation really makes me want to charge my Vita again and play it because I haven't in probably two years, maybe. Uh, I so. will just let you guys know I have a slew of Vita games I'm going to be going through. Uh, I'm playing Battle Girls Fantasia now. After that, I want to do Ninja Gaiden Sigma, Ninja Gaiden Sigma 2. Uh, I didn't beat the Corpse Party Blood Drive yet, so I want to just start over and replay that. There, I have so many. Vita games. I'm just, I'm I'm back in. I just want to play yeah. on Vita now. Yeah. And uh, one thing I like to try and do is every paycheck, I like to try and like order a Vita game. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So is Vita hard to collect for? I mean, I, I don't. I haven't really yeah. looked at the prices. Yeah, games is. are they expensive? Um, okay, so <laughs> Persona Four Golden. If you had to guess, how much would you think that is? Sixty. Yeah, fifty, sixty. It was. A, it was a pretty common game. Yeah, I remember buying it for fourteen ninety nine at Best Buy. Yeah, it's currently at fifty seven. Oh lord! Because um, Vita games MSRP were forty, right? It, it depends on which one. So, like Persona Four Dancing All Night was fifty. Interesting. Yeah, but, I think Golden Abyss when that launched was like fifty two. Yeah. So most of them were forty. Um. Okay. Here is Shovel Knight is sixty eight. Good lord! Amazing Spider Man sixty one dollars. Okay, so it's not super easy to collect. Silent Hill Book of Memories fifty nine. Yeah, dude, I I had to import that one from Canada. Uh, <laughs> it was the only only reasonable price I could find <laughs> for, for that game. <laughs> Danganronpa Ultra Despair Girls. The oh, that game's expensive. The spinoff one, 53. Yeah. Yeah. Well, God of War sounds like 49. The God of War collection is $49. Conversely, a lot of the Lego games are still on Amazon for like $19 or $12. Yeah, they're like the cheapest games on the console. Also, Lego Hobbit is just a terrible game. That game is so bad. I I did find out what the most expensive games on Vita are and what they're going for. The most expensive one goes for about $200. VVV, VVVV. Is that a limited run game? Uh, it wasn't limited run, but somewhere must have done a limited print of it. Gotcha. Yeah, it must have been limited because that was like an indie game. Um, But then it's a, an Atlas game I've never heard of. No, you're a bad Atlas fan. What is it? Uh, a, go the other direction. <laughs> it's like a W Phoenix Club or something like that. I have no Wait, idea. Made by A and W Root Beer. <laughs> that would <laughs> be amazing. They're tie-in A&W games. A and W Root Beer Club. <laughs> um, also, these are just single games. I'm talking about not even. Oh, never mind. Uh, A W Phoenix uh, Festa has taken over. Complete in box. It's at two twenty-seven. Hmm. Then VVV two hundred. Then Breach and Clear, which was I think the very first limited run Vita game is at 165. And here's yeah, my I'm looking through a few of them too. Yeah, I mean Vita looks it it reminds me a lot of the GameCube. My favorite one, <laughs> the Galgun Double Piece Collector's Edition, which I bought for $35 at PAX a couple years ago, is currently at 146. Woo. Oh my god. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Ugh. all right thank well, you thank you so much guys for letting me let, letting me have yeah. that little uh, eulogy i guess for the vita i yeah, will i will never not want to talk about vita even maybe, if we're talking about it dying maybe it, but maybe we'll have like a little spin-off episode where we could just talk about what we've been playing on vita you know just just three of us and maybe seth will come in for that because i know he has a vita tv that he absolutely loves and we could just pretend like it's 2013 and everything's yeah. gonna be okay that sony can turn it around we're all playing Everything Resistance Burning Skies. That was my that was my very first platinum, so I got fond memories of that. Um, it's terrible, but yeah, they really <laughs> they they really overcorrected from that game into the Call of Duty game that they made next. That game was like impossible. <laughs> like, it's like the hardest Call of Duty game I've ever played, and yeah. I like I played a lot of World of War. All right, so with that, Elijah, why don't you finish us off with our weekly trivia? 
The theme for this week is canceled games. Are you boys ready? I think so. No, but let's do it anyway. You better not say these. These better not both be horror games, Elijah. They're not. They're not. <laughs> Starcraft Ghost was originally supposed to come out for a certain generation of games. What magazine did it first appear on the cover of? Oh, oh, I've got to. I've got to guess. Uh, I have I've, a guess too, but I don't. We'll see. All right, I've got a guess that I'm. I'm not super confident on, but I'm. I think I'm more confident than you are, Austin. Yeah, I'm just kind of pulling at straws. I think maybe just because of like how prolific this magazine was in this time frame, but I don't know. All right, what would you like to go first? EGM. George. Nintendo Power. Starcraft Ghost made its magazine debut on the cover of official Xbox magazine. I thought for sure. I remember that game being talked about. I was that was like the first time I was really focusing in on a game was for Starcraft Ghost. I remember seeing that footage on my computer in eighth grade being like, this looks incredible. This is going to change gaming. So George was on the right path because it was first announced for the GameCube. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought and it was I thought it was a GameCube exclusive. No, it was first announced for the GameCube. And then they said it's also coming to PlayStation and Xbox. And then first, first appeared like first actual look at the game came from official Xbox magazine. Hmm. Oh, man, what could have been there too? God, I wanted that game so bad as a kid. Yeah, me too. I like how they still talk about that. Like when you talk about like uh, the the tragedy of canceled games, like it, now it's like Star Wars thirteen thirteen is probably like the biggest one still, yeah. des- despite like Amy Hennig's Star Wars game. But like Starcraft Ghost is always on that list. I think there actually might be a bigger one than Star Wars thirteen thirteen right now, and it's Silent Hills. Uh, I was like Bioshock. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, Silent yeah. Hills. I think is up there. Considering PT was getting like Game of the Year awards and it was a <laughs> demo, and people were like. I can't believe this game never came out. It could have been like the greatest game of all time. Yeah. It maybe it's a good thing that it, ne- it never happened. Like, uh, I, I can't remember the, the name of the dude, but like, there's some guy, Marvin Bagley, like some basketball player or like Conley or something like this dude who's like never made an all-star team. And so like now he is all of a sudden the greatest player to never make an all-star team. <laughs> so is it like, Oh, this is the greatest game to yeah. ever get released. Otherwise, like what if, came, what if it came out? Like, what if it sucked? You what know, if- like, what what if Jimi hendrix didn't die and he was just like 70 years old playing a super bowl halftime show like is that really like like a cool aura for the dude you know like obviously i, I don't i didn't want him to die at 27 but like you know like you, you just either, either die the hero or you live long enough to become the villain you know this is a complete side note but there's a movie called fanboys which is based on a true story of a bunch of friends the one friend was dying and a bunch of them they were trying to get into skywalker ranch to steal Star Wars Episode One so he could see it before he died. And the end of the movie just ends with them sitting in theaters and it's just like the lights go down and then you just hear the one, what if it sucks? <laughs> and the movie ends. That movie is that movie is great. I watched I that, that movie. I watched that movie in like my Star Wars marathon rotation. Like I it's so good. It's not good, but I like it. Uh, I think it's really important to denote the difference. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> now for the second question. Oh. 
Insane is a canceled survival horror game that was developed in 2010 by Volition in collaboration with what filmmaker? Oh, God. Uh, oh, Jesus. I have no idea. All right, will, uh, you, will, will you give us like two guesses on this one? Because okay. this is like I write, tri- I write trivia every week and this is like impossible. And it was made by Volition? Yes. I've, I've got two guesses. And to be published by THQ for PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and PC. It was intended to be the first installment of a planned trilogy of Insane games, but in August 2012, THQ announced the cancellation of Insane with the intellectual property rights transferring to someone else. Okay, I've got one guess. All right. Who's Who going? Whoever wants to go first. Guillermo del Toro. That was going to be my guess. Yeah, that was my primary guess. Okay. So that's both of our first guesses then. Okay. The answer is Guillermo del Toro. Hell yeah. Okay. I had a feeling. He has yet to have a game actually be made like that he's a part of other than just acting in. (laughs) I had a feeling because I didn't know about that game, but I knew that people had said that he had been involved with multiple games and none of them had ever released. So del Toro still owns the rights. To the intellectual property rights to Insane. Good for him. They, re- they reser- reverted back to him. I can't believe he was working with Volition, though. Like, of all teams, Volition. They were super big at the time, man. Like, they had, like, yeah. their, uh, their, was it Red, Red Faction games? Yeah, and, that's true. Uh, I forgot about Red Faction. And I guess Faction. that was that was right before, that was, like, Saints Row 2 era. Yeah. Right. Elijah, what year was this, you said? 2010? Uh, 2010, it was announced and canceled in 2012. All right, so 2012, the third was I think, 2011, was when yeah. Saints Row the Third came out. Yeah, sorry, my second guess was Clive was Clive Barker was my number two. Because you I mean know he like was, the hit Xbox 360 game Clive Barker's Jericho? Exactly like that. Well, I know because he was super involved. Like he did like Hellraiser and stuff. Like that dude's oh. super super weird and likes doing weird things. I will say, if you ever get the chance, I actually think Jericho is a decent game. Okay. It's not it's not great, but it's fun. Uh, basically it is a first person shooter. There are four characters you can choose and each one has like their own ability. So for example, the sniper, uh, her ability is you can shoot and then she can control the bullet. Hmm. It's just a fun game. That's interesting. Yeah. It, it, it was a fun game. It, it wasn't great by any means, but I enjoyed it. Well, I love you. Don't with that. that. We're going to bring this show to a close just as the Vita's life has also come to a close. <laughs> all right. All right. My heart can only break so much. It's we're already, put it's two already dead. My head. It's already dead. <laughs> so as always, of course, you already know this because you're listening, but you can find us pretty much on everything. Um, if you're on a platform or listening to us on a platform, rather, where you can leave a review, please do so. It, it really does help expose our show and get it to new ears. And we do love being exposed. Yeah. I don't like that. I'm sorry. When I say, <laughs> when I say expose, I think of like 2010 Keemstar. Or, you know, everyone's just exposed. Don't whatever like that. that was. Yeah. Um. We're not related to Keemstar, but if you want to send us questions, you can do so at bit.ly slash frameskipq. That's bit.ly slash frameskipq. You can also send those questions into us via email at frameskippodcast at gmail.com. 
And you can send them in to us again or just follow us on our social media pages. Our Twitter and Facebook are at FrameskipPod and our our Twitter and Instagram rather. And our Facebook is Facebook.com slash FrameskipPod. Elijah is at LocoLizardMan on Twitter. George is at GBLoftus. I am at Austin J. Eller. Seth is at now apparently Seth the 90s kid. Woo woo. And Coach is at FrameskipPod. I say very quickly to gloss over that fact. <laughs> so we'll see you guys next week. Hopefully we have some, some good news to talk about that does not involve a console dying. See you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible.